Hello, and welcome to the Anthems Podcast. I'm Patrick, and today I'm going to try and tell you the story of a song that helps to tell the story of a nation. If I'm doing things correctly, you're going to want to hear another one. Pretty sure that's how podcasting works. Although, I'm still working on that, because this is episode one, Haiti. Today's anthem of choice is La Desalinian. It is the national anthem of Haiti. It gets to go first because I asked my wife for a number between 1 and 100, and she picked 73. Haiti is the 73rd entry on the alphabetical list of national anthems on the Wikipedia page that lists national anthems. I had to start somewhere, and I wanted to avoid themes and topical influences to get going, so we did something randomly. It's a fine choice, though, because the story of the national anthem of Haiti contains as part of its opening act the story of the Haitian Revolution. It's a favorite revolution of mine. You can have those. And it's pretty fun that I get to talk about it right out of the gate in a random way. Of course, I'm going to give a shorthand version of it, and it's just a section of the narrative that I'll be discussing, because we are talking about national anthems. But they are a very patriotic thing, so it should not be a surprise that Revolutions is going to come up and get mentioned, and often play a central role in the story of an anthem. In the case of Haiti's national anthem, the story starts about 33 years before the revolution with the birth of one of its central characters. First, though, we need to hear La Desalinian. Uh, this is the national anthems podcast, so we have to hear what we're talking about, right? We're going to go in blind. So listen to three minutes and 30 seconds of La Desalinian.
my first thought is that it definitely has the fanfare and bombastic composition that I expect in certain kinds of national anthems. Of course, I'm saying this as a guy that is doing a podcast on them, so I've been listening to many, many national anthems, and I have been doing critical listening to them. So these types of songs uh, are resonating in my head all the time at the moment. But this one feels like a military parade. I won't read the entire five verses of it yet, and you will never hear me sing on this podcast. The first verse makes the initial point of the song rather well. Oh, I'll read that for you now. In English, of course, I will not offend the French language. For the country, for the ancestors, let us march united, let us march united. Let there be no traitors in our ranks. Let us be the only masters of the soil. Let us march united, let us march united. For the country, for the ancestors, let us march, let us march. Let us march united, for the country, for the ancestors. It's classic national anthem stuff in here. For the nation, for the people, tradition, etc. It checks off all kinds of boxes. The first time it was performed, it was at a military-style celebration to commemorate a historic victory that marked a century of independence for the Haitian people. Marshall is definitely the appropriate descriptor of the tune to my mind. We're going to put a pin in that as I'm getting ahead of things by like 165 years. Because, again, the story of La Desalinian starts with the story of the guy that the anthem is named to honor, Jean-Jacques Dessalines. I will put the full lyrics of the French and Haitian Creole in the show notes, along with the translation, and I'll discuss them more later on. But the story needs to be told before we can talk about the song. Haiti is a nation of about 11.3 million people located in the Greater Antilles Archipelago of the Caribbean Sea, east of Cuba and Jamaica, and south of the Bahamas and Turks and Cacos Islands. The country shares the island of Hispaniola with the Dominican Republic and occupies a bit more than three-eighths of the western portion of the island. It covers about 10,700 square miles, making it the third largest nation in the Caribbean by land area, and also the largest in the area by population. It is also the site of Navidad, the first western settlement in the Americas established by none other than Christopher Columbus himself. This began the colonial period that served as the staging point for many things great and terrible. The start of our story involves a different terrible thing that is not all that rare. Slavery. So we are going to fast forward into the colonial period. Jean-Jacques was a man born into slavery in the French colony of Saint-Domingue with the surname Duclos. It's known that his father took the name Duclos from the guy that owned him, Henri. Sadly, not much else is known about Jean-Jacques' parents, because slavers were not real big on getting information about people when they were kidnapping them. It is 1758, and about 133 years into the French portion of the colonial occupation, the French part began as a bunch of pirates that were sanctioned by the French crown and sent to harass Spanish traders. Uh, they just kind of settled in there. Jean worked as a laborer for the same plantation that he was born on until he was 30 years old. In that time, he rose to become a commander, what we would call a foreman in English. 
a tough life, a tough life, and it broke a lot of people. In 1788, Jean-Jacques was purchased by a free man of color, which is one of the many, many complicated layers of 18th century Haitian society that we're going to kind of just blow by with a mention. This man's name was Henri Dessalines, and considering that he has no other mention of him in history that I could find, uh, it appears to be his single contribution. Interestingly enough, 1889 also happened to be the year that the French took a census of Saint-Domingue. I'll quote a few broad strokes because they lay the groundwork for the revolution fairly plainly. Different sources cite different numbers with the slave population varying from about a half a million to almost three quarters of a million people. But they do, however, consistently say that the Europeans were outnumbered 10 to 1 by the people that they thought it was okay to own. It was in this environment that Toussaint Louverture began gathering the first slave armies to begin the Haitian Revolution. We're going to skip through a bunch of it and only talk about bits and pieces, because we're supposed to talk about a song. Besides, the story of the Haitian Revolution has been done very thoroughly and much better by Mike Duncan on the Revolutions podcast. So if you like history explained by somebody who is a veteran podcaster, listen to him. Anyway, at the beginning of the revolution, Jean-Jacques decided to keep the surname Dessalines and had been taken under the wing of Louverture. At the culmination of the revolution in 1803, Louverture had been captured and Dessalines was one of the three generals that led the decisive victory blow to Napoleon's forces. Yep, that Napoleon. We're going to run into him again as well. Then he went on to promulgate a declaration of independence in 1804, and then declared himself the emperor, as one does. It's quite the ride. And to top it all off at the end, he made Haiti the first country in the Americas to abolish slavery and establish the West's first free black republic, fully justifying the honor of having a national anthem named after him, because it's one of the best things people have done. Unfortunately, as is the case with many revolutionaries and founding fathers, the second act for John Jacques is not real pretty. Not real pretty. He initially offered amnesty and protection to the former slave owners and others that might have been considered enemies of his regime. But Jean-Jacques had led a hard life, and it was full of abuse for him and everyone that he cared for. It made him hard, too, and he had 3,000 to 5,000 white people of all ages killed, including people that were not enemies of the revolution and were sympathetic to the cause. Obviously, I cannot condone all of the killing that he did. But these were people that thought owning other people was just fine, and he was a literal slave for 33 years. I will never understand how that feels. However, Jean-Jacques took it a bit further, and he instituted an autocratic regime that was essentially slavery with wages, and he took huge advantage of his own people. It splintered the movement and crushed his power base, got the first Haitian emperor assassinated in 1806 after barely two years in power. But regardless, if there was a guy to write a national anthem about, Jean-Jacques is the guy. Buckle up, we're going to take another time leap. We're jumping up to the end of the 19th century. In the 1870s, the men that wrote the lyrics and music for La Dessalinean were born. In the ensuing 60-something years before that, and after the revolution, and the death of Jean-Jacques Dessalines, Haiti had been in a time period that is better characterized by its instability than anything other. It's a fascinating section of history, 
and we're not going to talk about it. Following a brief period where there were two coups, four presidents in less than a decade, Haiti ended the 1870s by finally signing a treaty with the Dominican Republic. They share that island, remember? And a bunch of the part of the history we skipped is Haiti trying to take the entire thing over. The remaining two decades of the 1800s saw a good deal of modernization of the infrastructure and the economy, which I think was made in large part possible by the geopolitical stability that comes with not waging war on your neighbor. The beginning of the 20th century saw a Haitian president resign and the United States providing Pierre Alexis with a naval blockade so that he could take power in 1902. The folks that wrote the national anthem were, and mostly still are, not well known outside of Haiti. All of these guys, and they're all guys, are not world famous. They're just not. I was surprised by it at first, but I guess I, I kind of shouldn't be. But in their own country, they're pretty well known. I mean, they're not household names. They're in history books and stuff. And the average citizen at least probably knows their name. As a note, it seems that it is also pretty typical for music and lyrics to have separate authors. Another thing that probably shouldn't have surprised me. Although I am far more of an enthusiastic amateur when it comes to music than anything approaching an expert. The man that wrote the poem La Desalignan is a more prominent figure in Haitian history than the composer, at least as far as I can tell. He is Justin Larisson, and he's actually quite an ambitious guy. If he hadn't died way too young, he might have become a world-famous dude. Justin was born in Port-au-Prince, which is the capital of Haiti, in 1873. He went to law school, but he was a much better writer than he was a lawyer, just going by my inability to find anything about his legal career of any significance. By 16, though, Justin was a reporter, and by 1899, when he was 26, he'd progressed up to press boss. He also started his own newspaper that promoted social justice for the peasant class and translated oral storytelling tradition of Iodians into an entirely new and entirely Haitian literary form. Then in 1903, he wrote a poetic hymn of national pride and enthusiastic patriotism that became a symbol of Haitian liberty and sovereignty. Not a bad resume at all. However, Larison died prematurely at the age of 34 or 35 of I have no idea. The sources are unclear. The composer, Justin Geffrard, was born in 1873 in Ganaive, Haiti. He attended secondary school and studied mostly piano under Monsieur Tippin R., who I am unable to find any specific information on, despite him being referred to as a fairly well-known instructor. Justin's uncle was Fabre Geffrard. He was a former president of Haiti and seems to just sort of thrown in the towel and given up being the president one day. He fled to Jamaica with his family in disguise. Grandfather, though, was Nicholas Giffard, participant in the revolution and a signatory to the Haitian Declaration of Independence. That document was a direct rebellion against Napoleon's reimposition of slavery in the country and a result of the desire to be free and unowned that we all have. Justin went on to become a professor of music, but he was plagued by poverty until his death on March 17, 1930. He was given a state funeral and buried in a stone crypt that the government erected in his honor. As I alluded to before in explaining away the large time jump between Dessalines death and the births of Monsieur Larisson and uh, Monsieur Geffard, Haiti did not exactly reach a point of serene political stability in the country's first century of independence. 
looking back at the beginning of its second century, things were not especially great there either. Low coffee prices and the inability of the current government to secure international funding preceded several decades of economic downturn. A centennial celebration of freedom is a celebration that everyone in a country wants to have. So committee was formed. Lots of countries have an independent celebration. Haiti is not an exception, and they have theirs on January 1st. The holiday commemorates the successful revolution that culminated in the promulgation of a Declaration of Independence in 1804. In 1904, the president was Pierre Nord Alexis, who at the time of the centennial was two years into his presidency and was also 82 years old. The commission responsible for the festivities decided to hold a two-part competition for a new national anthem. In 1903, submissions were taken for the lyrics, and we already know that Justin Larison won the day in that competition. The five-judge panel made their choice based on the poetic simplicity of the message and extremely patriotic tone. After they had their lyrics, composers were invited to set them to music. And again, we know who won the contest. It was Nicolas Geffrard. His march was unanimously chosen for, quote, its crisp martial rhythms declaratory melody, and resolute character, unquote. The judges believed that it would inspire pride and patriotism in the listener. The name was suggested by a historian named Clement Lemaire for reasons that hopefully have not just been alluded to in this show. There are two differing accounts of the first performance of La Dessalinian as the newly chosen national anthem. Curiously, they are both said to have occurred in October of 1903. The less evidenced account is said to have happened in St. Mark at the dedication of a statue to Jean-Jacques. The more evidenced and more enthusiastic version is that it was performed first at a ceremony to commemorate the arrival of the Indian army at the capital Port-au-Prince. That's the army that Jean-Jacques and his two other general buddies headed. Uh, the anthem was said to be performed with Quote, warmth that inflamed the audience to delirium, end quote, by the famous Haitian performer Auguste de Pradine. I can't find anything that I'm willing to say is definitive about which is which, but there's a lot more to be said about the second one. What can be said for sure is that the run-up to the 1904 Independence Day celebration saw the lyrics and music widely distributed amongst the Haitian people. And the ceremony was to rename a prominent place to the Square of the Heroes of the Independence. It sounds a lot better in French. Uh, I'm not going to say it, though, because it doesn't sound good in French when I do. A performance at an officially sanctioned government ceremony and a wide positive acceptance of a song do not make a song into a national anthem. It is unclear to me. Why, this is the case, but La Dessalinian was not officially declared as the National Anthem of Haiti until 1919 during the president of Sudre Darteguinevi. Pardon my pronunciation there. The anthem being officially declared under this particular president is kind of an odd historical footnote because Sudre was a Haitian senator that was handpicked by the United States to become the president. And why was the U.S. picking a Haitian president? Because the U.S. military was occupying Haiti, as well as other nations in the area, to bully the smaller countries into asymmetric treaties. Um, <clears throat> I mean, help stabilize the geopolitical situation in the region. 
when the U.S. left in 1934, after 19 more years of occupation by a foreign people, Haiti again celebrated their independence with La Desalinean. Following that, it took another 12 years for the newly promulgated constitution in November of 1946 for the anthem to be included in the foundational document of the country. Today, the anthem continues to be used at official state functions, international sporting events that Haiti's involved in, and school children will sometimes sing a verse a day to mark the start of school, or they will sing the first and last verse at the end of the day. The original manuscript for La Desalinéance still exists. It is housed in Port-au-Prince's National Museum on the champs mar In the intervening years, the anthem has been played many times for the country's very old soccer club. They've been to a few World Cups. The song has also made two appearances at the Olympics, in 1924 Paris and 1928 Amsterdam. Haiti took a bronze in men's team free rifle and men's long jump, respectively, at those two Olympics. And uh, with that, that's that's the current state of the anthem for the most case. There's, of course, an enormous amount of interesting stuff that I've read about Haiti that is not included in this narrative because I can fly off into tangent land pretty easily. Go read more about this country. It's a fascinating place. Before wrapping things up, and since the story is laid out, we will now take a look at the song itself, and I'm going to learn something about music along with you. Now, oftentimes when I talk about these songs, I'm going to be working off of several different technical analyses by people that know what they're talking about. In the case of La Desalinean, the fact that I'm not a professional musician and that I lack a lot of technical knowledge is going to come out because there's not a lot to be said about this song. It's it's very simple and I can't find much technical analysis on it. Just it's a marching song. It's a 4-4 beat. You know, I like it because I'm a sucker for marching bands. It has a tempo that pulls me in and the melody is pretty good too. No, just kind of gets you going. Overall, it's... Uh, it's not much, though. The lyrics, there, there's some stuff to be said about that. So we'll move on to those. I cannot find a direct analysis of the poem that Larison wrote, but it compares favorably with another poem I found called Valley Song. Both of them consist of five stanzas with eight lines each. And in the original French, La Desalinean confirms to the rhyming scheme A-B-A-A-B-A-B-A, -A 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 -A, uh, specifically a form called a triolet, wherein the first line is repeated as the sixth and eighth, and the second line is repeated as the fifth, with the A's and B's rhyming. The And the lyrics as a whole are written to honor the homeland, remember the forefathers, and unify as one people. It was immediately seen as a powerful symbol of liberty and patriotism for the country. Clearly, I will be discussing the English translation, but do note that this is originally in French and does in fact rhyme in that language. The first verse reads, For the country, for the ancestors, let's walk united, let us walk united, in our ranks no traitors. Of the ground, let us be the sole masters. Let's march united. Let us march united. For the country, for the ancestors. Let us march. Let us march. Let us march united. For the country, for the ancestors. 
early in the show, I mentioned the strong patriotic feel of the verse. It's a sort of classic national anthem verse that honors country and ancestors. Verse 2 goes on to say, For the ancestors, for the fatherland, happy diggers, happy diggers. When the field bears fruit, the soul is fortified. Happy diggers, happy diggers. For the ancestors, for the fatherland, diggers, diggers, happy diggers. For the ancestors, for the fatherland. This verse is to extol the virtues of good, soul-fulfilling work. Specificity about the why of work and the goodness of the task is really important in this song, to remind people at a time when they are a century out from slavery, that their ancestors spent literal centuries doing nothing but working or being tortured under the Caribbean sun before modern medicine, and again as literal slaves. So why they're doing the work. It's very important. Verse 3 goes on to say, For the country and for our fathers, form sons, form sons, free, strong, and prosperous. We will always be brothers. Form sons, form sons, for the country and for our fathers, form, form, form sons, for the country and for our fathers. This couplet is projecting fruitfulness with children and prosperity onto future generations. You can also see here what will be seen again and again in old songs in general. Now, uh, I cannot and will not accuse Justin of having any sexist intentions when writing the poem, but it can be observed that he lived and wrote it at a time when sexism was just kind of how things were. The fourth verse goes on to read, For the ancestors for the fatherland, O God of valiance, O God of valiance, under your infinite guard, take our rights, our life. O God of valiance, O God of valiance, for the ancestors for the fatherland, O God, O God, O God of precious, for the ancestors for the fatherland. This couplet reads kind of like a prayer. The God of valiance, or du dépru, in French, is probably being used in the sense of the Old Testament language. That is, it's being used as an alternative translation to the Hebrew word kehil, or kehil. It means, well, it can also be translated as power or might, depending on the context and the person translating it. Lerasan wanted to invoke a sense of divine protection amongst the Haitian people. And the, the Haitian people are, to this day, a generally very religious country, so this was an effective line. Uh, the fifth and final verse of La Desalignan is as well known as the first in Haiti, since the first and the last are often used as a foreshortened performance of the song. It reads as follows. For the flag, for the fatherland, to die is beautiful, to die is beautiful, our past cries out to us. Have a hardened soul. To die is beautiful. To die is beautiful. For the flag, for the fatherland. To die, to die, to die is beautiful. For the flag, for the fatherland. Another very patriotic verse. It is beautiful to die for the flag in honor of the fatherland. Despite the dark shadow of slavery that inhabits the past and seeks to harden the hearts of the people, there is a triumphant willingness to die for the freedom that they've successfully fought for and held on to for such a long time. All told, it is exactly what one might expect a national anthem to sound like. With that, I've just about exhausted the amount of time that uh, we're going to be spending on this show. There are a few more things to mention. One, there was a pin that I mentioned before when I offhandedly said that La Desalinian was the winning piece in a contest to replace the old national anthem. 
And this case, oh, doesn't really mean all that old, being that it was instated as the anthem in 1893. And that, my friends, is a story for another day because one anthem at a time. All right. Uh, before I go, I do want to extend a special thanks to Rebecca Dirksen. She is an associate professor of ethnomusicology at the University of Indiana at Bloomingdale. Dr. Dirksen also happens to specialize in Haitian music, and the fact that she does incredibly thorough work was of an immense benefit to me in writing this episode. I have sent her a thanks on academia.edu, but in case she hears this, go Rebecca. I appreciate it. The writing, recording, and production for the show are done by me, and I also wrote and played the intro and outro music and used it with my permission. Unless otherwise noted, the national anthems that I play are public domain stuff. Full lyrics in the relevant languages, a mostly full transcript of the show, my sources, and other tasty bits I found are contained in the show notes. The most direct way to get to those show notes is at anthemspodcast.com. You can find me on Facebook as the Anthems Podcast. I don't know if I'm ever going to have the energy to get on all the rest of the socials. You can also email me corrections, comments, suggestions, ideas, instructions on how to do awesome things, and even ask me questions at anthemspod at gmail.com. For better or for worse, I have made it possible to leave me a voicemail at plus one two zero three seven five nine eight three seven five. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed the show. <laughs>